Welcome, guys, to the third episode of our brand new Unsubscribe podcast. We are so happy to be here today. I am Canal, and I am joined today by Charlotte, Charlene, and Joel. And we have Sam at the sound desk. So you won't hear him, but he was very present with us tonight. Um, so today we talked about the way is the way that we reflect God to the world, the way that God wants us to reflect Him. We had a really good conversation about that, about cultural Christianity, about what it means to the world that um, Christian is, Christians are. We also really discussed about the Holy Spirit and we shared some experiences, we shared our thoughts on that and I think it's a really, really, really good one that you want to stay in until the end to listen to. Also guys, um, because we have been joined by Charlene today, you can hear all about of her adventures on her social media and on her website so you can find that on the description of this podcast today we also wanted to dedicate um, this podcast to our very dear friend Makuni who has sadly passed away and has joined the Lord um, this month at the age of 39 and she's been battling for a long time and even through all of that period of time she's been such a great encourager for us the unsubscribe team she's always been praying for us she would ask us for updates and send us updates and you know we had this relationship with her multiple people in actually all of us in the team um so we are really going to miss her and we we really felt like we wanted to dedicate this episode to her and to her family and uh, we ask that you join us in prayers for for her family as well that are left behind welcome to our new podcast this is episode three of our podcast already it's august 2022 and today we are joined by charlene so i will introduce all of us first i am canal and I am Charlotte. <laughs> I'm Joe. And I'm Charlene. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Charlene. Thank you for joining us. So, uh, Charlotte, Joe, and myself, Canal, we are part of the team of Unsubscribe. So, you've probably heard us in the previous ones. And if you haven't, that means you haven't checked us out. So, you need to go back and listen to episode one and episode two that are already online. And Charlene today is joining us because I basically kind of forced her to. It's <laughs> like be a part running theme because the last podcast was similar with Nathaniel. So. I know, but. Everyone still comes, so I just keep forcing people, I guess. It does if you don't want to be well. on it, just avoid. Yeah, no eye contact with Canal. Yeah. Towards the end of the, of the month. Yeah. <laughs> Note to self, canal. if Canal offers you any sweet treats or brunch, <laughs> it's because she wants you to do the podcast. Wow. Yeah. But also, I just want to say, I don't ask just any random person, right? There's a reason why I ask Charlene. It's because Charlene is very active on social media for example, uh, she does a lot of things with um, for single parents because you are a single mother yourself, so you know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, so she's been running an Instagram page, she's been running a website, and but you also do other things, like on the Wednesday evening, what do you do, Charlene? Ah, so on the Wednesday, I lead a discipleship group, which has been an absolute blessing. I joined one in... 2020 during lockdown and then I was literally up at midnight connecting with women online in America and I thought when I go back to my day job I'm a teacher as well I can't maintain this so I did the training and I lead for two years now I've been leading a discipleship group online 
it's amazing. I've got women in America. At one point we had America, Nigeria and Austria. So that's my every Wednesday. That's amazing. I didn't know that. So what's the focus of that? Okay, so I feel like I'm plugging something else, but I shouldn't. No, but I, it all, I, I it all want kind it of started plugged, this me. way. So, <laughs> anyone's ever had a go at the Bible recap? So, it's this uh, Bible reading supported by a podcast, and you read through the entire Bible in a chronological order. And then, after every Bible reading, you get a podcast that yeah. discusses, gives some historical context, or discusses it in, in more detail. No, that's cool. So, that I was doing that, and then I discovered they have a discipleship group where you can do separate bible studies so that's how i started okay. that and um it's been an absolute blessing because it's just it's intense like there's a program for six weeks you're either reading you've got questions you've got podcasts but it's been an absolute blessing to kind of get me into the word yeah so that's been great um and when i'm not doing that i'm a teacher secondary school teacher teach english and drama so that's my kind of day job mm-hmm. and when i'm not doing that um kind of God placed on my heart to I never wanted to call it a ministry but others call it that I was just like I'm just it's just a group it's just a group of single mums called Father to the Fatherless and um yeah started some podcasts do a bit of blog posts just encouraging bible verses and so forth there's lots I want to do it's just trying to fit it all in mm. with the day job and I life. did not know any of this and I feel like we've been speaking for the last, like, <laughs> two years. And now I'm wondering, why didn't I ask these questions? I feel like we should have gone more, more deeper into, like, our friendship. Um, but that's really cool to know. Very cool, Charlene. It's all good. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. And you also have a son, Micah. I so do. you're a full-time mom as well. Yeah. All I'm going to say is raising a 14-year-old boy is <clears throat> interesting. Um, what can I say? So... Funny enough, I joined his school. I know, can you imagine being a teenage boy living your best life at school and then your mum (laughs) (laughs) joins the school? So it's an interesting point in our lives when, you know, you're trying to play it cool in the corridor and then your mum walks past. So um, love him to bits. But man, teenagers are a different level. I know you've got toddlers. Yeah. 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 I, I would say enjoy the kind of four to 12 yeah <laughs> someone was telling me this the other day as well they're like yeah right now you're just in the midst of it and yeah. it's all a bit crazy but wait till they get to the age of like four yeah. before they become teenagers That's correct. that life right there oh, is bliss they years. hit teenagers again and you're like where did my son go or where did my daughter go who are these people that are like inhibiting their bodies but it's correct it's yeah correct. we'll be on the other side i love him to bits he's amazing i kind of laugh because i remember being pregnant and saying, Lord, bless me with a child with character. Do you know what I've learned? <laughs> Why would you make such a I prayer? Should have, I should have stipulated, like, what percentage of character. Should have been, like, 15% character. I didn't. And now God's like, mm, I answered you your prayer. So there we go. Brilliant. But what I find um, quite funny is that you can't really deal with your own teenager, but still, you've gone on to help with <laughs> the youth group at church. So now you lead... The other teenagers, so not just one, but all of them on Sunday morning. <laughs> I am going to be honest. When I was asked, when, when uh, Pastor Rachel here, so she's going to giggle because when she first asked me, I was like, no. She was like, but Charlie, I was like, I live with one. I see them every day. 
No. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, I just love it. I was like, no. I teach them. I live with one. Please no. And then she was like, and then she's like, father to the father. And I was like, oh, why? So you're pulling that one out the back. Yeah. Yeah. Even that is challenging because he's at this really interesting age and we transitioned to a new church and he's not always there in youth. And that is something that I've just had to pray to God and be like, actually, it's not my job to bring him yeah. to God. It's not my job, his salvation. Just mm-hmm. plant the seeds yeah. and, it, and you know, it will come back. Like, it's, yeah. it's nothing extreme. It's just that we're at a really tricky age where he's hit the teenage years in lockdown when you weren't regularly at church and you've moved church. Um, so I know, I know, he, I hear stories like... I heard that on his DLV trip, the teacher was like, should we play gospel? And he was like, yeah, I love gospel. And we'll sing along to praise songs. So I know it's there. It's planted. It's in there. It's mm. just, it just needs a bit of... He's, yeah. he's at an age where it's his own journey now, Yeah, isn't it? and that's yeah. it. And I just have to accept it. Exactly. And, yeah. I, and I don't... You hear so many stories where people are forced to come to church yeah. or you hear, you know, I'm getting baptised for me this time. I want him, when he gets dunky dunk, to do it for himself, not because... It was, I did it to please my mom. Yeah. I want his relationship with God to be his genuine yeah. relationship. And I know he loves God. It's just he needs to come and have that relationship in his own time. Yeah. 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 No, I like that because also one way we learn as, well, even as adults, but definitely when we're growing up is through example, isn't it? We see our parents. I know that when I was seeing my parents and then it was like, what you're doing is not what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It definitely didn't make me want to do what they were saying. Mm-hmm. But when I did see what they were saying, it made me want to do it as well. So I think that's just the, one of the best things to do, isn't it? Just live by example. Absolutely. And then that's all you can do. It is. Well, I feel like this is a good transition <laughs> to the actual topic of today, which is kind of like a question. I don't know if it's like, we can't say it's really a topic topic, but <laughs> I guess it will be by the end of this conversation. But the question that um, I've asked Chul, Charlene and Charlotte is, is the way we reflect God to the world the way God wants us to reflect him? Mm-hmm. It sounds deep, it probably mm. is, <laughs> but it's not that complicated at the end of the day, isn't it? So I'm going to ask Joel. Joel, what do you think about that? Do you think the way that we, when I say we, is us Christians? Um, and Christians for me is a follower of Christ. So someone that wants to be like Jesus. So someone that not just, you know, lives by traditions and mm-hmm. rules, but someone that genuinely wants to become like Jesus and to follow him and to give his life their life to him that's what a christian is um so is the way that we as christian reflect god to the world is the way that god wants us christians to reflect him i mean that's such a big question i think we try for the most part i think we do try mm-hmm. i think even the people that would say they do could never do it a hundred percent yeah that's the point of being a a believer. Mm. I think on the flip side, of course, there's there's times that we all probably see people that we think, yeah, you say that you're a believer, but do you really reflect it? And it, I find that the point I'm at in my life at the moment is I feel that 
it's quite tempting, especially when things are put in your face so much with social media and everything, to be so focused on everyone else mm -hmm. and think, let's just look at the external, like Christians that aren't us or other Christians we know, or how are they reflecting Christ? And then someone, I saw a video the other day where someone was sort of saying, look, you wouldn't go into a hospital and then find it strange that you see sick people. That's the mm. reason they're in the hospital in the first place. And the reason we all know that we need Christ is because we were, we were broken at some point or we realized that, you know what, we can't be fully complete without him and we need him daily to be fixed. And we know that for ourselves, but then I think it's easy to forget yeah. with everyone else. Yeah, and then point. we see someone that's impatient or someone that, you know, is doing stuff outside of church that you think, oh, well, would, if Jesus saw you doing that, would, you, would he really be happy with you? And it's easy to think, well, then these Christians, do they really reflect Christ? And mm. these churches in other countries with mm. different cultures to what we're used to, mm. do they really reflect, reflect Christ? But I think at the moment I'm just feeling like, do you know what? I, the focus, my relationship is just with me and God. And I, just, I think he's, I really just need to focus on is what I'm doing reflecting Christ yeah. and I think the more I focus on that I think it will just that question will probably make more sense to me and I'll have more kind of wisdom with it so I think that's my answer in like a, a personal sense but in a general sense of like maybe do people that aren't Christians how do they view us mm -hmm. um, before we sort of started recording there was an example you gave mm -hmm. Charlene that I really liked I'll let you share it but about we kind of compared it to to a famous game show <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought to myself, if we were to ask, you know, a bit like Family Fortunes, if we were to ask 100 people, what words would you use to describe Christians? I would love to know the words they'd use because I've heard people, and I'm not saying that as Christians, our beliefs or how we view ourselves should be from the world, um, but we have to evangelise and disciple to them. Yeah. So therefore, we need to have interaction with them, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it just dawned on me, would they, you know, words I've heard are things like hypocrites, yeah. judgmental. Mm -hmm. But we're told by Christ to love, like one of our number one commandments is to love each other, love others. And I just wonder if, and I say the world, because once you're saved, we, you know, we're in our little collective, but we're supposed to be helping others and discipling others. Would they say Christians are love? Mm. And that just made me reflect mm. and think, well, if God's whole purpose for us as Christians are to extend love to others so they can join our family, are we doing that? And I think that's where my mind, my thoughts came from. Mm. Yeah. Um, are I, we? I think as well, because I really think the same as you, Charlene. And something I've been thinking of recently is it's tricky when you all have different definitions of the same thing. Yeah. And, for example, what Christians would probably fundamentally define as love would be different from maybe what someone that's not a Christian would define as love. Mm. And that's where I wonder is sometimes that's where the grey area comes because the world will have their standard of this is love. And, for example, if you loved me, you wouldn't say this. Mm -hmm. But to even go back to the example at the beginning of being a parent, there's things when I was growing up that my mum would discipline me for, not let me do. And it could almost feel like, do you love me? Like, yeah. <laughs> all my friends are allowed to do X, Y, and Z. Do you love me? Because why am I not allowed to do it? And it's only through getting older and seeing the world for what it is and having a bit more wisdom, I could think, oh, it's because you loved me 
that's yeah. why you were so harsh. And I'm not saying that's the answer. There's a, probably a lot of things that people do in the name of Christ that just is not loving at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even convinced, you know, God would look down and say, yeah, that's a good reflection of me. But I do think there's another side to it where I think the world views love as just anything goes. Mm. Whereas God is a, God, he's referred to as our father, first and foremost. He's not, he's not our like sidekick or our best yeah. friend or, you know, our wingman. He's not there to just boost our egos and let us do what we want. And the responsibility of a father is to take care of his children. And sometimes as a parent, you have to, you know, do things that may not make sense in the present, but it's for your benefit in the future. And if we're reflecting God's love, we're almost trying to be the voice of that as well. And we might be saying things to people where we're saying, look, I'm not convinced this is the best for you. Or or even if you're not putting it on people, you're just saying, look, I'm not convinced I can be involved in that but you may come across as judgmental yeah. or unloving and it's tricky because you might be thinking you're doing it for a loving reason and it's hard to work yeah. out what it is mm. but then on the flip side you may have the right intentions but you still might be doing it in a judgmental way so I don't know what the answer is but yeah. I just think it's it's so it's such a complex believe, issue isn't it believing then by you like raising like just by you saying the our version of love and the world's version I'm like my mind is like oh my gosh it is different and I know like Canel someone who loves like etymology or the Greek words like we just have one word for love isn't it but then in the Bible there were so many different forms of love so you could break down all the different forms of love and like you say in the world saying well if you love us you won't discipline us if you don't love us you won't you'll just let us do what we want to do and that could be one of the reasons maybe the same perceptions of what we view love to be is completely different. And when you were speaking, it made me think of one of the studies we did. I think it was called Becoming More Like God. I can't remember the title perfectly. And I would always be one of those people who was like, oh, I love New Testament God. But Old Testament God was just like, after every page, you will die, you will burn, you will die, you will burn. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, that mindset. And they flipped the commandments. It was, and... It made me see it different than a set of rules. Like, it wasn't a set of rules to punish you. It was actually there to protect everyone, yeah. to love yeah. everyone, to care for one. So mm-hmm. those rules were put in so you could be live together in harmony. So rather than being like, yeah. oh, my gosh, I can't covet someone's thing. But like, Because what happens from that? And it made yeah. me see the commandments in a different way because I saw it out of love rather than discipline. Like, actually, these are not there to stifle your life. It's there to look out of the community yeah. and, and just protect everyone. Mm. And I, yeah, and I think, so when we think back to the topic, how can we make, I guess we'll never be able to communicate it to the world because if you don't have the Holy Spirit and you don't know God, it, nothing as Christians will do will ever make sense. So I guess in one way, it's a, not a losing battle, but it will not make sense, isn't it? If you don't have the Holy yeah. Spirit, you know that you'll never understand the things we do, and we might look crazy, and a little bit wacky. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think there's when you look at the way Jesus interacted with people, like the woman in adultery, or like he cor- he corrected their sin, acknowledged their sin, but also I don't know. I wish he left like there was a clear like step by step guide how to do it. <laughs> yeah, because he still was able to say, to your, your, "Yeah, your life isn't right, but I love you." And yeah. I feel like we're really good at telling yeah. people their life's not right, but don't follow yeah. on I with think the like, love. 
as Christians, I often see um, this debate about being judgmental, mm. where some Christians will say, you can't judge people. And some will say, but we are meant to judge people. Mm. And even amongst us, there's that kind of non... Like, we don't know, right? Like, mm. what, I, what what the judgment is. And then we may think it's something different than others. Um, and I personally don't believe that just anything or anyone, we are the ones to be saying something judgmental. For me, judging from a Bible perspective and like how Jesus, Jesus did it is not something to put um, guilt and to put down people yeah, and to shame, put shame yeah. on people, which I think a lot of time Christians can do yeah. in the name of Jesus because we're meant to be judging the world. But actually that's not what judging like God asks us to, you know, have judgment and discernment is is saying. He's not telling us to go and shame people. He's asking us the opposite, to go and love people and um and and to reflect him and to show him and to bring them back to him and not to put them further away from him because of the way we talk, the way we interact with with people. And I think even just that, just as it's just like one aspect of, you know, Christianity character. But even that we can't even agree yeah. <laughs> amongst ourselves Christians. And Christians judge other Christians in a way to shame other Christians and to guilt other Christians. And I feel like we don't even have to go and try to do things in the world because people see that anyway. Yeah. Like they, they see that we're not um we're not in unison, we're not together we're not united mm. and we don't even love each other <laughs> like as people that should be you know under one name and under one belief and one faith we're yeah. not even um so how can then try to can we try to go to people outside and, mm. and tell them hey look at us but look at what <laughs> I, I think there's like so many things that come into play as well I mean we were talking about like love and I think a lot of the world is confused about what love is. Yeah. Like love isn't an emotion. Love is a choice at the end of the day. And and then you, and then you go back to this topic among Christians ourselves. I mean, there, I think there's so much insecurity in Christians and that's where the judgment comes into it. Mm-hmm. It's an art of comparison against others to make yourself feel better. And so until you have a revelation of God of who you actually are and your identity, I don't think people are actually, and, and I say people... I, Christians are actually able to capture what the world needs in terms of love because love is grace as well you know we weren't born perfectly even when we made that decision um, for God and we invited him into our hearts and we follow him we we as Christians aren't like I I feel like sometimes we get put on a pedestal right you think you look in the news and I mean you hear all the terrible things that Christians have done in the past and do you know what Christians aren't perfect because they're people and people aren't perfect at the end of the day? Yes, we have like God's love and we have um, grace, but if we're not using it and we're not being um, like selfless in reflecting his love towards others, then it, people aren't going to get the memo. They're not going to get yeah. the message of what we have been called to do as disciples of God at the end of the day. Yeah. And so I think there's just like, 
it's almost like the lies of the enemy, really. Mm-hmm. Like there's the perception the world has of what Christianity is and what Christians look like that is messed up because actually it's probably only a very small percentage of Christians that unfortunately things happen in their lives. They make decisions that aren't according to God's word. Yeah. Um, and then there's a whole host of other Christians that we're just getting our lives together. You know, there's a journey. We never, like when we make that decision to follow God, we aren't perfect from that day one. We all know, we were just saying about Micah, that he's on his own journey. Um, I'm on my own journey. Joel's on his own journey. Everyone in church has something different. I'm on my different. own journey as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone's on their own journey. Um, has something different going on in their lives and we have to be accepting of that. And that is why God extended grace at the end of the day yeah. so that we can move forward with one another. But I haven't really good conversation with pastor rachel this week and um we were just talking about we were talking about marriage actually and how like marriage is such a choice in terms of um like loving your partner because yes for the first couple of years all the emotion is intertwined with it but later on when you've been married for like a period or time of when you've been with someone for a period of time it then becomes a choice and you don't always like that person but actually it doesn't matter like this is a choice that you've made and this the selflessness of it you have to say to yourself okay I'm not going to be selfish I'm going to be reminded of who this person is and who God says they are as well um I don't know where I'm going with this but (laughs) yeah so yeah I think it's there's so many things that need to be like ironed out or like fished out in terms of the statement as a whole can you read the statement again for me canal please is the way that we reflect God to the world the way that God wants us to reflect him yeah and I would say no and yes because ultimately we all fall short we all want to be more like Jesus we all want to be more like God or we aspire to do things but we don't always get it right sometimes we generally can't be bothered sometimes life happens no it's true isn't it like we're laughing sometimes there are other things that are happening in our life and you make a decision to be unchristlike in that moment or in that season of your life But then does God want us to represent him well? Absolutely. Of course, he wants us to represent him in the world and we need to do it well. So there's like, it's it's a character problem from a human perspective almost, I think. Because as much as we want to be like him, sometimes we fight against him. Mm -hmm. And whether that's art of comparison to others or whether that is, I guess, comparison of the world and what the world is doing as a like as a Christian looking into the world or as worldly people looking into a Christian life and there's like there needs to be a bit more marrying between the two really like people of the world sounds really weird saying that people need to be invited into our lives you were saying earlier Canel, that we have to lead by example for people to know like what how we represent God and it's exactly that if we aren't inviting people on the walk with us that don't go know God yet how are they to get a taster of who God really is and how are we ever to um I guess make disciples of them too I don't know no but it's true you said something um earlier that um you basically said people have put Christians on a pedestal yeah I feel like Christians have made it that way really yeah 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 probably too yeah because there's so many First of all, which is what I said earlier when I stated what is Christian to yeah. me, 
a lot of time Christians would be described as something completely different. Yeah. It would just be someone that believes in in the God of the Bible. And sometimes it's not even that far. It's just culturally mm. <laughs> you're a Christian because you're from a Christian country, say. But that doesn't mean you're actually a follower of Christ, right? Mm. So I feel like we're here saying the definition that I gave earlier, which is follower of Christ, but not everyone would say that yeah. is a Christian. Everyone, a lot of people, and especially the world, would just stop at, well, Christian is just someone that says they're Christian because they grew up in a Christian country. You know, like, that kind of, like, culturally, you're a Christian. Yeah. You do Christmas and Easter. Mm. But that kind of stops there. And I feel like because of that, there's been a lot of things that people have taken um, as well, people have to do this, 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 these are the rules and, and we don't allow that, but not based on actually God saying these things mm. and wanting these things, but as culturally, that's just how we've set up our countries or, you know, cultures and whatever. Yeah. And then because of that, terrible things have happened yeah. and still are happening and people are saying things but not acting the way they're saying things or just you know there's just a big whole mess and I feel like because of that it's a bit like do what I say but not what I do is that the phrase there's do a phrase say, like do, do what yeah. I say but don't or do yeah, yeah like as in the thing people say but it's actually not good wisdom yeah exactly and and there's still so many things like that you know a lot of our countries in in, in the west are governed by Christian values but actually are there <laughs> they're just you know they're like christian parties that are not actually of god they're mm. just culturally they're christian stuff and because of that we this is the perception that most people that don't know about god and don't know about jesus will see of christians mm. um and and i feel that because of that that's what is the pe- that that's the pedestal that we've put on mm. and we say a lot of things and and a lot of things are terrible but a lot of things are so well, you should do this 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 but then just by the fact of saying these things is is the opposite you know we're not we're not tolerant about about people we're not loving on people we're just judging and putting on rules and saying stop doing these and then Mm. it's a bit like christians are like culturally christians say we're basically perfect Mm. follow us and be like us perfect and all of you fools (laughs) are not perfect Mm. and i don't know i just feel like this is like but I think that's where Christians have got it wrong. I yeah. think that's where we have been deceived as a people of God or followers mm-hmm. of God because ultimately that is not aligned to the Bible. It might be aligned to Bill's Bible, Bob's Bible, <laughs> Jane's Bible, <laughs> but it isn't the truth exactly. according to God's word. Yeah. And yeah. so I think it's oh, it's really frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah. and then with the judgment thing as well, I think, you know, obviously... It does happen, and I'm sure, I'm sure in a lot of people's hearts that it is intended to come from a good place, but it doesn't come from like it, the way it's delivered, or there isn't relationship with someone, or someone hasn't invited you into their life. Like me and Canel, we have a really good relationship with each other. She would soon tell me, and as a friend, I would expect her to tell me if there was something that I did that she thought wasn't necessarily maybe aligned to God that had offended someone or I needed to be pulled up on something. Now, I'm quite happy for her to do that because I've got relationship with her and we hold each other to accountability in our friendship because Mm -hmm. we're, yeah, because we're friends, Mm -hmm. right? But 
if and it's there a mutual was, understanding mm-hmm. yeah there's a mutual understanding there's respect there's honor as well knowing how to do it in the right way too so that's fine I know that it doesn't come from a judgment point of view from Canel's perspective if she had to s- have a chat with me <laughs> um but I think that that's where some people get it wrong that they think that they have the authority to be able to speak into people's lives um that they don't necessarily have a relationship with unless they are appointed or anointed by God and they're holding that position of authority to do that. So a pastor, for example, or maybe a prophet as well. Um, because that, in my mind, that's quite different. And like I, I think of someone like Pastor Rachel and Pastor Ian, and obviously they have been placed by God specifically in mm-hmm. this church. So if they're going to call us out on something, we've made the decision to be part of this church. We are members of this church. Um, they generally have relationship with a lot of people then that's what they're there to do. They are there Mm. to make sure the flock is well looked after, to pastor them, to speak into our lives, to bring encouragement. Um, And we're there to serve their vision and God's vision at the end of the day. But uh, yeah, I think sometimes it happens in a way that unfortunately is like, I don't want to say ungodly, but there is an ungodly sense to it. Like there's no relationship Mm. there. You haven't been invited into someone's life and for some reason you feel the need to speak into that. Well, you, yeah. You're reminding me, actually a lot of what everyone said reminded me of this verse where Hosea 4, 6 says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And I think that's such a key thing. I think one, a lot of people outside the church, they have a lack of knowledge, like you're saying, of mm. what Christians actually are. Mm. And a lot of people attribute things to Christians where we would say that is not... <laughs> they would not be yeah. a disciple of Christ. Like, I can almost be certain of that. But with within the church, I feel like that's where we fall down. In the extreme ways, if you've got a lack of knowledge of what it means to love people and be a servant of Christ, then that's you give out a terrible reflection. But even in, in the small ways where people mean well, it really reminds me that, yeah, it's it's so key the bible says for example like the word is a sword it's a powerful thing and how many of us like diligently read the bible and know not just odd verses here and there but the scripture as a whole the full picture of what god wants from us Mm. and i remember for example there was especially early days coming to church it wouldn't be that looking back people judge you but it's reactions or things that people do or don't do you can tell there's a tension in the room where you can feel judged. So people probably wouldn't think they're judging. But for example, you may, um, you might say like, oh my God. And then everyone's like, like, but no one tells you, no one, no one says, oh, by the way, it all got a bit tense there because, um, yeah, actually the Bible, like God's quite clear. You shouldn't blaspheme his name. And oh, actually, shall I break down what blasphemy is for you? So da, 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 da. Most people would then feel like, oh, okay, oh, you're not judging me. It's, if you're a young believer as well and you want to get to know God more, you would probably understand and be like, oh, now it makes sense. But I think a lot of times we just, we know in the back of our head, culturally I've picked up that that's wrong. But most people I don't think even know why they're thinking it's wrong. And if you know your word, it's so much easier to break down the, the, okay, this is why I'm instructing you this way. Because again, to go back to the parent analogy, you wouldn't, you wouldn't parent your child based off just what, only what you're picking up from other people and you just 
stick it on your kid and hope it fits. You will learn things from others, but you'll be doing it in a sense of if you had to, you would sit your child down when they could comprehend and say, look, this is why I'm doing this for you. And you'd hope that they would think, all right, even if they disagree with me, they at least get the heart of what I'm doing. But a lot of times as Christians, I think because we've got such a lack of knowledge, we just pick up habits from the church as in, yeah, um, I guess Christians don't swear. I guess Christians don't smoke. I guess Christians don't drink. And we're trying to put that on other people and we don't even know why do we believe that ourselves. And when you've got someone who knows why they believe that, so many times it, it, it can be so much more powerful and unjudgmental. If someone was to say, look, this is why, for example, I've chosen myself not to drink. And they might say, look, because, you know, I believe the Bible says my body is a temple. It's sacred. I just feel that doing that for me would put me in this, in this situation. The temptation to then go too much and get drunk, I wouldn't be in control of myself. I don't feel I would reflect God. If you could break it down and say, so that's what I do for myself. And that's why I would suggest that as a believer, I think that's probably a good way to live. I think yeah. that's so much better than just saying, Christians, you just don't drink. And that's it. And you don't know why you're being told that. But then you see yeah. others do it. Yeah, and the whole, <laughs> thing, and the whole thing gets confusing. Mm-hmm. Or even that's a good point. A lot of people might think, oh, because the Bible says uh, just don't drink alcohol. But does it? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. If people need to know why yeah, are they... Why yeah. do they do the things they do? Is it because it's biblical? And if it is, you need to know where so that you can help teach others. And if it's not in the Bible, then you've got a question. Cool, is this just a cultural thing? And it doesn't mean it's wrong. Personal mm, personal exactly. Choice, yeah. exactly. And none of those things are wrong. But then if it is that, you also need to appreciate that that may just be applicable for you and not for someone else. Yeah. And if you don't know, and it's all a big kind of vague mess in your head, I think that's when you come across as judgmental to other people because you can't break it down for yeah. them. Yeah. This is like um, where there's this... this Right, in, in recent years, there's been a lot of, especially in music, uh, in Christian music, a, a big shift about um, losing my religion. And I can probably like think of so many different songs that basically say, I'm losing my religion, etc., etc. And I remember one time I was so confused, like, what do people mean? Like, they're lo- then they're saying they don't want to be Christian anymore. But then I actually understood there's a there's a difference between religion and having a relationship yeah. with Jesus. And what, Joel, you just explained to me, that falls more on the religious part if we're not careful about it. Because if the example you gave, for example, about the someone that won't drink alcohol... Um, but they're not saying why and they're just like, you know, judging people mm. that drink alcohol. We're not even talking about people that are going the extremes, but just someone that has a glass of wine and then you'd be judging. That goes into the religion side of it, which is rules and it's, it's man-made things and it's, you know, taking con- Bible context out of the Bible and adding things or mm. taking away things. It's just, it's not the essence of the Bible. It's just everything that goes around it that you decide as a human being, this should be what... And, and also a lot of times, it. like Charlotte, you were saying earlier, we have insecurities. Mm-hmm. And I do yeah. say on the flip side, probably a lot of times when we think we're judged, we, have, we haven't been, we're just yeah. insecure. Because yeah. there's always, like, I watch a lot of interviews of people and the thing I find funny is a lot of the people I see interviewed, like particularly like all the rappers I see interviewed, and that, do have the same story where they say, my teacher said I would never make it. And, yeah. I, and I always think to myself, 
really. That's terrible <laughs> if it is, and I don't want to take away from anyone that truly had that, but I'm like, all of your teachers told you you would fail. Is that what teachers do? But I wonder, like... <laughs> I haven't told a kid. Yeah. Kids. With a bit of reason. If Charlie you don't might do, be able to confirm If you it. don't do work, I have never... You've got to be really careful what you say to students, and I wouldn't say... You're never gonna make. I mean, that exactly. would just break oh, yeah. the child. So, can you yeah. imagine, like, mate, if I'm insecure, as a, maybe I'm like an insecure yeah. teenager, you, what you might be saying is, look, if you don't really, and I'm and I'm messing around at school, and you know my life's gonna potentially mm-hmm. head in the direction. What you're actually saying to me is, look, Joel, if you keep going on that path, it's likely statistically it's not going to be good for you. Yeah. But if you can do that. You're not being judgmental, but me and my insecurity, yes. all I'm going to hear and repeat in the future is Unfamed. my teacher, Charlene, she told me I, I'm never going to amount to anything. <laughs> I did. Disclaimer. She's putting faces. <laughs> Disclaimer. I did not say this. but Exactly. Can I just say all the time, like through everything that's been said, the word that I keep on hearing is grace. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think we forget. God's shown us so much grace, yeah. but yeah. sometimes we are just yeah. so mean. We, we, we are so stingy with our grace. Yeah. You know, and actually... If we just showed people the amount of grace that we think we deserve, and I say that because, you know, it'd be quick to, oh Lord, forgive me for what I did. Oh, but that, you know, or forgive me for bad mouthing Teresa. But that one person summoned you, oh, I, oh, I just can't forgive. Oh my gosh, that would, and it's like yeah. we forget how much grace we've been shown, yeah. and maybe it's not the lack of love that we don't show to others. It's lack of grace. Yeah. Like we've been abundantly yeah. given grace and mercy. So we should just need to be graceful yeah. with others. This just, just shows that we need Jesus. It's like what Charlotte said. We all fall short. Yeah. Like we just need Jesus because without Him, we're we're just human. Even with Him, we're still human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. without Him, you look at like the disciples. You, you know, like you get in your head and you're like, how would or Old Testament? How are the Israelites like this? And you're like, well, maybe I'm a little bit like that sometimes, <laughs> but I can't see it. Or you're like disciples seriously you were hanging out with jesus Mm. you saw all miracles firsthand and you still had questions Mm. and doubts and it's like it's just human nature yeah yeah Yeah, all all this conversation makes me think of the pharisees actually because i was just thinking that yeah oh well we're (laughs) connected because the pharisees they they knew they knew their bible well they're not the bible they knew their their torah Mm um you know they knew the scriptures they they knew all that but they just they were lacking that you know that spirit of God that just yes. reveals things to you, and that is is living as well. And it's almost as if a lot of time when you read, when you read the Bible and you read that what they were saying or questioning or, or you know like acting on, you're like it's almost as if they lost their common sense. Even <laughs> like yeah. they just it's they just applied to prove rules. something, isn't it? A bit like you were saying about Christians in the pedestal. Like yeah. I'm going to prove to you I'm the better. Okay, it wouldn't have been Christian at that time, but I'm yeah, I'm better. Yeah, I know that. my word exactly, but actually, and, and it's just rules. Yeah, and like they say, Satan knows the Bible. Like we need yeah. the Holy Spirit. Exactly, That's what it's changes what we need. everything. Mm-hmm. Everyone could know the word. I mean, that was even from my discussion earlier about AAs and that the fact that that prayer is said there. They say they could say a prayer every meeting, but they don't have the Holy Spirit, so it doesn't resonate with them. Mm. They're yeah. saying it in a different way, and without that connection some of the things we say won't make sense to people. Yeah. Actually, make... that's really good, sort of def- good clarity, actually, on the bit I was saying, because where I was saying lack of knowledge and knowing your Bible, you're right. It's not just, it's not just knowing mm. the scripture that 
you can just fire that off at anyone. Yeah. But yeah, it's that knowing, yeah. It's knowing the heart of God. You're right, you need the Holy Spirit to give you the heart behind it. If you don't, I think you have to know both. Like, you can't just rely on our Holy Spirit, just guide me. I think he's, it's almost, I feel like God would say, well, look, I've given you a good resource here. Yeah. For the Holy Spirit to work with the Bible. But if you don't have that and you're just reading verses and verses and memorizing, yeah, you can just sort of fire it off as a, a weapon but the wrong mm. way <laughs> and just mm. be convicting people and like what well, the bible says this or yeah like you see so many times in the bible like people say oh jesus your, your pharisees are eating on the sabbath they shouldn't do that but then he'll come back with he knew like the whole picture so he always would come with scripture it's not like he came and said it isn't important but he was saying you literally just it's like you take snapshots of the whole picture that I've given you and you miss the heart behind mm. everything that you're yeah. called to do. So I think, yeah, it's a really good good point that you need the whole, you kind of need it in a whole way, don't you? And you yeah. really need the he Holy gave, Spirit He to gave us everything and he didn't say, choose which one you want out of everything I'm giving you. He's, yeah. It's like, we've got access. Actually, this is, yeah, it's one thing that I can't remember. I think a few years ago, someone said it or I read it somewhere or doesn't matter, but there was this thing that resonated with me where they said, we don't have access to a certain amount of everything that God's given us. We have access to the whole of it. It's just we don't take all of it most of the time. And especially the Holy Spirit. It's like sometimes, I don't know about you guys, I feel like I'm not the only one like this, but sometimes you look at people and you're like, I wish I had had such a relationship with the Holy Spirit in, you know, such and such way or or whatever and then I'm like but actually I do have access to the exact same Holy Spirit that they do yeah you know yes my my personality is different than them my relationship is different my purpose you know everything's different but I have access to the exact same thing and yet I'm not I'm not taking advantage of it yeah and and I think it's because um I yeah, I feel like I'm, I've never been to AA, but like, hi, I'm Charlene, I confess. <laughs> I was a hierarchy of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. So um, up until this really amazing book I read, in my head it was like, God, then Jesus. Mm. And then Holy Spirit was like the sidekick, okay? He was there, <laughs> he was in the back seat of the car, but the two front seats who were riding shotgun was God and Jesus. That's not the case. Yeah. no. They are free, unique, yeah. working with the same abilities, in sync, as powerful and as equal to each other. Mm. And we were left with the Holy Spirit. So I think this comes from the concept that I don't think people truly understand what we've been left with. Yeah. And this is not downgrading Jesus. Yeah. But Jesus was like, I left you with the Holy Spirit. We should just be in, in awe and buzzing because we've got the Holy Spirit with us like... We will see Jesus one day, but in the in the meantime, He's left us the Holy Spirit, yeah. and I don't think we access that or understand yeah. who He is because I do think we put back that pedestal. I do think Jesus and mm. God gets prioritized yeah. over the Holy Spirit. He's like an additional. He's like a bonus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you think that's? I mean, let's generalize here. Yeah. So the the church in general, do you think they are doing enough? to speak into people's lives to identify and tell them what the Holy Spirit no. could be able to, ha- like what it could actually do in, in people's lives. When, like, when you look at the Holy Spirit, 
He's been there from day one. Yeah. Day one, like looking Genesis talks about together, yeah. hovering. And like whenever you see these amazing things happen in the Bible, the Holy Spirit was it's, there. Yeah. And, you know, thinking Old Testament, it, it was like it was only on you for a period of time that would go. Someone would lose the yeah. Holy Spirit. We haven't got temporary Holy Spirit. Yeah. We haven't got put money in the, you know, ticket machine and you've literally got the Holy Spirit from nine to five and then you're, <laughs> you haven't got him anymore. We've got him all the time. Mm. But I, I don't think we are tall or we truly know. I don't think we know the Holy Spirit as, as well. Yeah. But I think it's because we can kind of identify God the Father we can think of Jesus, but this being of the Holy Spirit doesn't feel, I know for me personally, this is my experience, it didn't feel like a tangible person, even though he is a person. Mm-hmm. It felt like this spirit or entity, because he is called Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. Yeah. So I couldn't put him into a being or a person. Or a box that, that you yeah. would be used yeah. to. So therefore, it's quite easy to go, I, could, yeah. I know what a father's like, that's a father. Yeah. Well, oh, that's my been... saviour, he was on earth. Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's here, been misunderstood. Some some types of churches will even put that down to that's like the emotional part, but who wants emotions, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> the but they are they are churches and there are people yeah. that, mm. that would think Yeah, they don't more, recognise the fruits of the spirit. Exactly, or, yeah. because the Holy wow. Spirit is yeah. yeah, some some churches would even um say that no, he came for a period of time, which was uh the Pentecost, mm. and then we don't we've we've evolved now, we we're no longer there. They there's still the Holy Spirit, but it's not the same function. Mm. And there's some people that and and I get it because sometimes you can go to some churches that are like the other extreme yeah, where, where it's like everything's holy spirit. This is not fire. holy spirit. This is just emotions and feelings yeah. and you know. Yeah. But like put it down to it's the holy spirit that makes you just suddenly I don't know just shake and and yes. just scream and shout if that's something you've never even done. And I'm not saying it's impossible, right? Hear me out. Yeah. But let's just recognize that a lot of times we're being told that the Holy Spirit would do things or that you will, the signs of the Holy Spirit in you would be this, this, this. Well, actually, it can be, it's just as vast as what God is yeah. and just as vast as what Jesus is. And, um, and yeah, the Holy Spirit is like the same portion. We all have that exact same portion, yeah. but we don't all use mm-hmm. that portion all the time. I, and and what is incredible, sorry, Charlotte, what's incredible fine. as well for me when I realised, oh yeah, that's true, is... We often kind of can idolize or, you know, feel envious towards the disciples at Jesus' time because we're like, oh, they walked with Jesus. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, they did not have him inside of them. Yeah. <laughs> they had him around and next to them because Jesus was its own person and, you know, walking alongside them. The Holy Spirit came after. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, okay, we don't, it would be great to just be like, hey, Jesus, just yeah. give you a little <laughs> check um, and just, you know, have him next to us. But actually, he's literally inside of mm-hmm. us. Like, I don't know, it's just crazy when you mm-hmm. think of it. It's like, how much more of a relationship can we have with him? And he told us that we'll be doing even greater things than exactly. he did. And I don't think we grasped that a lot of time. Uh, yeah, I'm just thinking about the Holy Spirit and I'm just thinking when I first became a Christian, I think I was a bit scared of the Holy Spirit, if I'm going to be honest. I remember going to faith camp with Sam and there were a bunch of teenagers up the front getting like baptised in the Holy Spirit. And I remember thinking to myself, do I... like? do I want to do this? Is this something that I want to do in my life right now? Um, 
and like being yeah being scared honestly because I I hadn't ever seen anything like that before when people were getting prayed for Mm -hmm. and then they um would might fall on the floor or they would just like lay there or like however the Holy Spirit might represent themselves in that person um and so if you're listening to this don't get freaked out the Holy Spirit isn't (laughs) to be scared of um and actually it's a joy to have the Holy Spirit in your life. Um, and But I remember like making a decision to actually go and get baptised in the Holy Spirit. And yeah, it, I don't know. It's just, it was just different is the best way to describe yeah. it. Um, but I think some people are scared of the Holy Spirit. I generally do think some people are scared. And I don't know if that's because there hasn't been a safe environment for the Holy Spirit to operate in. Operate in. I don't, I don't yeah. know what that is. I feel like there's... There isn't a need for the the Holy Spirit doesn't think oh is this a safe place for me to operate in but <laughs> yeah. I think some people can make it more like I don't want to say extreme but can make it weird do you know yeah. what I mean some people can make it weird for other people to that are looking in that don't have a perception of wh- like what is this what is like they don't have a grid for it um, I because, think uh, culturally um, as a guy I've always found that difficult in terms of how. I feel things of the Holy, not the Holy Spirit, yeah. but things of the Holy Spirit typically in church are presented because, yeah, like you lot were touching on earlier, it, the way it seems to be presented is hyper-emotional, mm. hyper-sensitive. Yeah. And it's not that I think it's wrong. I'm just not wired that way. Yeah. So then, same as you, I just found it very strange because I thought, so am I meant to burst out crying I'm not really a crier that yeah is, so I've had moments in church where yeah I could feel like yeah that is something that can happen I've yeah. been in tears in church and things have happened so I'm not saying that's not how the Holy Spirit can work but when it's the only element of him that's presented mm. I think from my point of view anyway it's made that a bit difficult yeah. sometimes because you feel if I was honest I would feel like okay I feel like it has to be very feminine so do mm. I just have to sort of, if I say it in this most rudimentary way, I felt like, do I have to like emasculate myself a bit yeah. to know the Holy Spirit more? Because all I see is people fall down, cry, scream, shake. I would not, that's just not how I would be in a day-to-day basis. And I don't feel to be that way. Mm. So is something going wrong? But where does it, again, this is, brings us back to kind of cultural where did this concept come from that when you have the Holy Spirit? Because fundamentally, the moment you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you get immediate access to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You don't need to fall on the floor. You don't need to speak in tongues. You don't even need to speak in tongues if you don't want to. You don't need to have cry. Yeah. You automatically get the Holy Spirit. So then who's come along and said, you will know when you cry. You will know when you faint. You will know. Mm. No, no, there isn't a... T's and C's, you get the Holy Spirit when you accept yeah. Jesus. Mm. So this idea that it saddens my heart to think that the acts that you're having a restricted relationship with the Holy Spirit because 
and I'm not saying I've got this amazing, like, it's a learning curve. Like I said, I'm a recovering Holy Spirit hierarchy, you know, Trinity, I'm a recovering <laughs> Trinity hierarchy person. Like, it's it's like reprogramming. First stage is admitting. First, it's a well is, done. It's first stage <laughs> is admitting. Did you go through anger yet? That my, I had this weird triangle and I can assure you like I said Jesus and God is in the front seat and Holy Spirit is trying to get trying to get a ride I don't know if he was even in the car guys he was literally <laughs> trying to get a ride but my whole point is who said who gave it this feminine yeah. energy we always yeah. refer to him the Holy Spirit as a masculine energy so then where does this feminine like mm. who made these rules that I this is how you and I know in Pentecost they start speaking in different tongues and even then, that blew my mind. Like, the whole purpose of that was to evangelise. Like, yeah. when you read that, even then, it's not, like, a selfish thing to speak in tongues by yourself. The whole purpose was to disciple and share the word. So we, we keep on changing these elements, what God wanted to use to bring people to the kingdom, to, like, a performative mm. kind of selfish Christianity. Yeah, act. I think it's like we've been deceived again. It's, <laughs> no, honestly, I do, because I feel like we aren't, be, we aren't able to tap into actually what the Holy Spirit has for us because ultimately we've put the Holy Spirit in a box category of mm-hmm. it has to be involved with crying, shaking, falling on the floor <laughs> or, like, something dramatic happening. But actually, like, for me, I feel like if I'm walking down the street... And I, I don't know, I hear something in my head. I think, oh, okay, the Holy Spirit's telling me that, like warning me, maybe don't go down there or like giving me, oh, this is like a good thing to go for. Do this, do that. Mm. Or yeah, I don't. Uh, it's like a yeah, guideline. Yeah. It's like a guide that's like constantly there. Sometimes his voice is louder than other times. Sometimes it just prompts you to do things you yeah, wouldn't. Like no, and you know, it can, it can, it can be different in different people because he works with us as well, right? But, yeah, the the Holy Spirit um, first came in that way that we think nowadays, as in, like, coming and have, like, um, physical kind of, um, what's the word? Manifestation. Manifestation. Thank you. But it was a specific purpose, and... And it can still happen. I'm not saying it can never happen, but that's not the only way. Like, it's only the Holy Spirit that can convince. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you try to evangelize someone, it's not you that's going to get them to Jesus. Mm-hmm. You can guide them yeah. to a certain point, but it's the Holy Spirit that will convince them. And I feel like sometimes we as Christians think it's me, it's me, me, me that will, whoa, I got someone to Christ. No, yeah. you didn't. No. <laughs> you, what you did is just you told, you told them about Jesus, but you didn't take them to Christ. What does that even mean? It's the Holy Spirit that yeah. convinced them or not um, of Christ. But also, um, I don't know when it started and, and why, but like now it's so engraved. Maybe at specific times it was, it was you know, genuine and then, um, because of that we thought oh maybe that's just how the Holy Spirit is but yeah you know there's like there's times where people would gather together and and try to recreate Acts 2 and have the Holy Spirit fall on them mm. and then just have like you know shake or, or fall and just and if if that doesn't happen then the Holy Spirit's not with you yet and like you said Charlotte mm-hmm. that's not true because he's with you from the moment that you've mm. said yeah. I want to follow Jesus because he can only convince you and and maybe that's also one of the reasons why people like you Joel like as a man you you've always thought it's an emotional thing it's not it's mm. not something that can work with me because I'm not 
I'm not that emotional. It's just not me. But and, and what I would say is that the Bible was that that aspect of it was never confusing. I never read the Book of Acts or read about the Holy Spirit and thought, oh, I don't get this. It, it made complete sense. It was only when I saw it in church, yes. and then I would think, oh. Okay, so this must be, I must firstly have not fully understood what was happening in the Bible. Yeah. And then now, for that to physically happen within me, I just, I don't know how. Yeah. And I think I'm quite, I've always been quite firm in my feeling that, look, if this is real, then it will be obvious. So I'm not. I'm gonna like try my best to open my heart to things, but I'm not gonna fake stuff. Yeah. yeah. But definitely, there was. I would think if I didn't have that strong conviction, I would have just felt I need to fake it because there's so much that you think you really you've come to a faith and you and then the best reflection of of God on earth is the church and you just yeah. want to be a part yeah. of it. And I know early days, if I didn't, if that wasn't such a strong conviction for me, I probably would have been tempted to fake because I would have thought, well. I just want to be a part of these people yeah. because I feel everything else is great. I feel the love. These are like, I've never met people like this. They reflect definitely in loads of other areas what I'm reading in the Bible. Everything, I just wanted to be a part of the church. So I would have thought, oh, if all I've got to do is just make up some weird language and yeah. fall over, I'll do that. I think we've if all that gone there. Part, yeah. <laughs> I've gone there. Um, so I wonder, and the sad thing is, I wonder if people have done that. Mm. And I'm saying that almost rhetorically because... Yeah. I know people do that. So yeah. it's sad that probably a lot of people, that will almost be like a stumbling block on their journey because yeah. mm. the beauty I say about being a Christian is that you find out who you truly are. You don't need to fake anymore. Yeah. Even all your insecurities, your weaknesses, everything. I found the more you go on this journey with Christ, the more he shows you that you are everything and more than you, mm. than you yeah. believe. Everything about you is perfect for how I need you to be. And if the opposite is happening and you're faking stuff, you'll always have that doubt and you'll always think, well, is it, am I really enough? Like, because what yeah. about yeah. That, that secret bit that I'm faking? Mm, it's, yeah. it's really sad, I think, yeah. when you think yeah. of it like that. I, um, I've got a question for you guys because that makes me think of it is, do you think that sometimes we've attributed our emotions and our feelings to the Holy Spirit manifestation mm. and not to influence your answer but as an example when we see during I don't know a worship time people cry and and people might genuinely think it's the Holy Spirit that makes them cry but is it always the Holy Spirit mm. or could it be I don't know the music makes the atmosphere a certain way or you know it touches us in our emotions or whatever but my question is because yeah first of all I'm, I'm curious I don't want to mm. I don't know I well I'd like to think that the two are intertwined together mm. I mean God cares about our emotions the Holy Spirit cares about us loves us and so in terms of like when you have that heart moment you're having a heart moment for a reason and so whether that's God that's brought something to the surface in your heart that you're feeling emotional about and he's ministering to you in that moment then I think it's both I think there's an element of God working out something in your life and you get emotional about it or getting emotional and then God working out something in your life in that moment of mm -hmm. ministry time and 
I, I guess I refuse to believe that people would just be sitting there crying for the sake of crying or something that like there has to be something that's preempted that emotional state right and if it's the music hey that's music about God those lyrics are about God they're worshipping him they're praising him they're talking about his kingdom coming they're talking about chains being broken and so that ministers to people's heart we don't sometimes I think realize the impact those words can have or can present something or like start something in our hearts um yeah for him to be able to minister to us so I think even if you were a non-Christian and you came in here and you felt emotional and you were crying I would say that that is the presence of God the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place and God wants to do something in your mind and in your heart and that's what I believe yeah yeah I I agree with lots of that actually because I think emotions aren't a bad thing yeah we have them we feel them joy happiness sadness and sometimes if you're feeling a particular emotion then through praise or worship or a song lyric could heighten that might not now whether that's the holy spirit or not i guess that's the relationship you have because you know counselor guidance like if he's there in your in your heart and at that moment in time it could be that something has the Holy Spirit has prompted something or something's come up. So I do think there is an element where your emotions could have an impact on how you receive the word, how you mm. respond to worship, um, mood, thoughts and feelings. And we can't um, just segregate them and separate them because yeah. we're a human being who's living, breathing, we're spiritual, we're emotional, we're mental, we're physical beings. And I think the Holy Spirit can work in all of those realms. Yeah. Um, but I do think, and it made me think back to the original question, like, are we represent? It was, it was Joel's point, you know, it made me go back to the question, are we representing God the way we want to? Are we representing the Holy Spirit the way God wants the Holy Spirit yeah. to be seen? Like, hmm. forget even our actions, just our understanding of who we are and the kingdom and the family we're part of are we missing out on some amazing elements of the Holy Spirit because of cultural beliefs, of the way it's being presented and God's like, spend some time with me so I can show you who the Holy Spirit is, but we haven't. So I think even in our actions, that could just even be a big one. Mm -hmm. You know, do we represent God the way he'd like us to be? Do we even represent the Holy Spirit or do we know the Holy Spirit? Like there can't be, Jesus would not have just left us the Holy Spirit for it to be not beneficial. Yeah. yeah. You didn't say, to, you know, mm. you only know when you cry. We've, mm -hmm. we've got the Holy Spirit. And I think just as we're all unique, fearfully, wonderfully made, the way the Holy Spirit will present in your life will be unique. And to be pigeonholed in those expressions um, is just minimalizing, minimalizing who God is. Yeah. Because God, the Holy Spirit can present itself through all, so many through all of the other places, you know, like... Yeah when we see the amazing things the Holy Spirit's done or when God sent his spirit down to the earth, he got jobs done. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's really deep. What you're saying, actually, because even despite the bits I'm saying, that was like a light bulb moment where I think, yeah, actually, I think my takeaway is, I think for me, God would almost be saying, yeah, you really need to 
find out more who is the Holy Spirit. Because mm-hmm. when I'm thinking of this question, I'm thinking myself, mm-hmm. Christians, whatever aspects I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, how do you represent the Father? How do yeah. you represent Jesus? That's it. I'm not even thinking of the Holy Spirit. How am I representing him? Mm-hmm. Or how do Christians represent him? So, yeah, really, yeah. I think that's a really deep point, actually. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I think, for me, I agree with um, with both of you, um, Charlotte and, and Charlene. It's complicated, Charlotte and Charlene. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say the thing that you, you said as well, Charlene, in the sense that... Um, People are different. For me, that's the key. Because uh, the reason why I ask this question is because sometimes I've heard things that can be really damaging, you know, um, when you, you don't know you're just told. Now, even if you're a mature Christian, but of people um, deflecting their own relationship and their own expression of how they've experienced the Holy Spirit onto someone else and say, no, but if you're not crying, do you even have the Holy Spirit? And it's not... It's not about that, yeah. is it? It's about your personal relationship. So we're going to wrap up, but I have one last question to ask very quickly because we kind of went uh, talking about the Holy Spirit and I think a cool question could be to ask all of you if you had a quick story or a quick you know, testimony or, or some, some way that you've experienced the Holy Spirit that yeah. is very personal to you and, um, and it, there's no right or wrong answer because it's very personal, but I think it could be interesting to hear different takes on how you have a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so going, well, this is going back to this whole when I went to faith camp thing when I first became a Christian um, and I was standing in the tent or whatever and pe- these guys and girls are getting baptised in the Holy Spirit and I was a bit scared at that moment um, and I was also slightly cynical as well because I was thinking it, this is the first time I've seen this I hadn't been a Christian for very long I was thinking pretty much like Joel was saying is this like legit are people like are they just choosing to do this I really don't understand it and I thought the only way I'm going to find out this myself is if I go up the front and I also get prayed for so I was like okay well I'm just going to do that because at the moment I have got nothing to lose I've already like invited God into my life not really understanding that that meant the Holy Spirit as well but we know that now um and so yeah I went and stood at the front in a long line of people basically that were all getting prayed for and the pastor at the time came round, put his hand on my head and all I can say is like instantly even before he even got to me I had like I don't even know what to how to describe it like I felt like butterfly my eyelashes were like flickering and I just felt like there was something there there was a presence there it was undeniable that there was a presence there and I was going up up there cynical I was convinced that these people were just laying on the floor for the sake of it I think I was maybe 18 or 19 at the time so you can imagine what an 18 or 19 year old thinks and I was going up there not to necessarily prove it wrong but because I wanted to discern for myself if this was 
if this was real, basically. And I came out of that meeting knowing 100% full well that it was real. Like 100%. Like I fell on, I fell backwards onto the floor. The guy didn't even barely touch me. And somehow I ended up like laying down on the floor and I had a white hoodie on at the time. So I think everyone, <laughs> yeah, and it was quite muddy. Everyone knew that basically that I'd been like baptised in the Holy Spirit that night. Um, but yeah, I just... And since that day, I've never been able to, like, I wouldn't be able to tell you that the Holy Spirit isn't real. In fact, I'd encourage people to know him more and more because it, it's just um, it's just indescribable. I, d- I don't know how to describe it. I don't know how to give it words to describe how, what the Holy Spirit is. But I guess, yeah, I don't know how to describe it. It's just a personal thing between you and the Holy Spirit and there's something mystical about it there's something magical about it I don't know people would probably not be very happy that I'm using those words but that's what it's like for me Mm -hmm. so yeah that's what I'm gonna say that's my first encounter of the Holy Spirit oh my gosh you know I'm trying to think has there been a moment with the Holy Spirit that didn't seem hyper emotional (laughs) or hyper sensitive I'm like "Mm." they probably have in other situations but I would say I didn't know at the time, but when I very first went to the church that I ended up being baptised, I remember entering the church and just being, I think it was during praise, and just being overwhelmed with this wave of emotion and feeling that I couldn't even comprehend. Like, I don't think I'm in there cynical, but I didn't go there to expect to be overwhelmed with this intense emotion and feeling and I can only say when I have felt the three different times because there can be like an oh I can't explain like an overwhelming like a wave or just a presence of just being feel like whoosh but there's also been times when I've spoken to somebody I didn't want to or I've said something and they're like oh and you're like, well, that I didn't know this. This can only be the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So I'm trying to kind of give different scenarios because there have been emotional times yeah. and there's been times where you just have a conversation with someone and they, or they've said, oh, I read that verse. Or I prayed about that this morning. That's the Holy Spirit prompting you yeah. to speak to someone or, you know, when a Bible verse comes in mind. So there are other practical ways which aren't just necessarily that kind of heightened emotional state um and it it's a hard one and i'm probably still learning myself but there are moments when you just know there's an overwhelming presence here that i cannot explain or something feels different Mm. but you can't always put your finger on it you could feel the presence but not cry you you can feel there's a presence here. It doesn't mean you're going to cry, roll, but you just yeah. get that additional, oh my gosh, like, oh, he's, he's really here. That moment of, oh, yeah, really here. So I can't think of, I'm sure there's been other episodes, but I remember that was my first one. Um, and then I'm being baptised and being completely overwhelmed. It was like just that being submerged. Actually, no, it was even before just that whole like, wow, this is, you know, there's just been so many different moments. And then, like, this isn't the Holy Spirit, but this is God. I thought this was hilarious once. Like, I think I just was just in my room. It's really casual. I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah. 
God, you're really good, you know. And I didn't expect a single response. He was like, yeah, of course I am. And I was like, wait a minute. Because <laughs> in my head, I was like, I was laughing because I thought, this is hilarious. But of course you are. And it was like, I never expected anything. I was just like, oh, yeah, God, you're great. And it was like, of course I am. Like, oh, oh, now you're just getting how great I am. And I thought it's hilarious. Like, oh, my gosh, you've got a sense of humour. And of course you are. You know who you are. It was me that had to prove myself. I just, I just laughed because it was like another side of God. Like, yeah. oh, it's taking you this long to realise who I am. Like, yeah, I am. And I just laughed because I thought, you're funny, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I think we're just going to, if anything I can take from it, we're never, it's a constant learning curve. Mm-hmm. You might have experienced God in one way it'll change mm. like I couldn't tell you I might have been in the church but I might have cried a lot or and now I'm not like I think you go through different cycles in your life where your expression and your connection with God changes yeah and it's just life really yeah I like that how about you Joel yeah so I mean definitely just firstly I don't 100% I'm not saying that emotions or any emotion that you get with the spirit I doubt that or I think it's wrong. So, because I do think, yeah, that's how the Holy Spirit will work in a lot of situations. But yeah, for myself, yeah, it's not, I've, I haven't had a situation, for example, where I've like fallen on the floor or something like that. The main sort of two ones, one you've touched on, Charlene, is just so many times just those little promptings. Or, and then I found on my journey, the more I've been obedient to that, that's how I feel the more I get to know the Holy Spirit because first it was just mind-blowing as in like, I don't know why I think to go, it would usually be going somewhere and then I'd be like, wow, like you couldn't write that story. I had to be there to, for this person. Then it would be, I don't know why I feel to text that person. Then what would come out of it, I'd think, wow, you, how could, this can't be coincidence. Mm. Then it might be nowadays when I've been asked to speak at church more it will be, I'll have an idea of like, okay, I think this is what I'll preach on. And then nearer the time, I'll just, for some reason, I'll think, I need to speak of this. And the craziest thing that started happening recently is usually now I'm finding when I'm preaching, I will have someone in mind. And I'll never say, I don't ever feel like God's told me that person has to know. But I will say the last few times I've preached at church, I'll be preaching for the congregation, but for whatever reason, someone will be in my mind for weeks and I'll feel it's for you. And um, I feel that's the Holy Spirit because then what's kind of happened, I think, to help me with that confidence is I'll randomly find out after the service, maybe weeks later, but that specific person, either directly or indirectly, I'll find out that that message, they needed to hear it for some reason. So I find that's where I felt like, yeah, that that's the Holy Spirit has to be leading because you can't, yeah, I can't make, make that up. And then the other way is just, yeah, phrase I've only heard in Christianity and I hope it makes sense even for people that, that are maybe listening that aren't believers, but where people say, you know, that, you know, that, you know, I've, Mm. I've heard Christians say it all the time, but it is that there's just day to day. I would say, of course, I know that, God is God. I know that Jesus is my Lord. But there's those specific moments where for whatever reason, it's like a wave of emotion where you just feel like, wow, I I know that, I know that. And you feel, not. sometimes I feel like you feel invincible, but you just feel, you feel so much joy, peace, like love. You just feel all these intense emotions all at once. And I know the only way I can describe it is I've, 
in those moments even more powerfully, I just feel like, yeah, God, whatever you'd want me... I would feel like in those moments when it's really heightened in me, I feel like, God, if you told me now I have to go out there and people will kill me for my faith, I don't care because I know that I know. And I don't... I feel that's... I don't know what it is. It almost feels like the Holy Spirit like wells up in me because it's, I don't go out day to day thinking, yep, God, whatever you need, I'll die for you. I would like to think if that was ever put in front of me, I would accept it. But I don't actively go out like that. But there's just like sometimes a wave of emotion where I just feel like whatever you'd want me to do, God, I'll do it because I know that I know that I know, yeah, you are you. This world is, it is what it is. I'll be in heaven with you one day yeah and i just want everyone to know that so that would that was that would be another example that i would say is when i'd feel yeah it's the holy spirit because you don't it's not something i ask for it's not an emotion that i just carry around sort of day to day i think you always have that peace the holy spirit is with you but you know sometimes where it just it sort of stirs up in you for some reason and it's not of your own your own doing yeah um I have like two that come in mind for me. The first one um, is there's been times where in church there's been a, usually it's, it's during a times dedicated for prayer and worship. And um, a few times I've been to events or camps where I was part of the praying team. So obviously you have to be available at the front and I'm always like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not even like, I, I don't get it, but it always works out. And then a few times um, the Holy Spirit's really used specifically, which is singing. And it would be people that would come to me and tell me that, and I wouldn't know them. And they would tell me the reason why they're asking for prayer. Sometimes they didn't even, and they just come and expect me to just, you know, like pray. And I'm like, I don't even know your name. I don't even know what for. But then a few times um, I just started singing and I, I would never remember what it was that I sang and I'm like I don't know what that started and I just know because of that that it's the Holy Spirit and I would just start singing things and then I'd see like the the person just you know feel it like genuinely like you know when someone feels something to their core and then afterwards they'd be like wow that's just what I need and I'm like I literally have no idea what words this was <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing this was French book because at that time it would be essentially French because um, I'm French and like I know there were French words but I have no <laughs> idea what they were um, and that's just not something I would naturally do anyway so that's always been a odd one or a when in church um, uh, there's been a few times where I've been to four nights of prayer and then you know there's an kind of open mic as in like if you have something that God's telling you and then something will come in my mind and I'm like nah I'm just imagining it just to you know like just show up myself up or something and then I have this thing where I was just ask God you have to show like it's like I'm Gideon in the Bible and asking so many confirmations I'm like do this okay and the next day do this but the opposite and then the next day do this again like the first time until I'm like okay I can't I can't keep denying it and I would keep asking like in just in myself like okay please confirm it if it's not from you just decrease that voice if it is from you just amplify it. obviously it would get amplified and then I go at the front say it and then 
And then it would just be exactly what God needed. And some people would come and then, you know, confirm it with all the scriptures and all the words. Um, but then there's also a very funny way. I've, I think I've said it before in probably a broadcast when we used to do broadcasts with unsubscribe. Um, but I, I don't have an alarm for seven years now, I think. Seven, six years. Um, maybe like, yeah, seven, eight years. I haven't had an alarm at all um, because... I hate alarms. I mean, I don't know who likes alarms anyway, but I hated alarms. I, was like, I just don't want to have alarms anymore. And it would just put me off today. And then I don't know why. I can't remember how it started, but just one day I said, okay, let's try. Holy Spirit, you have to wake me up. And then since then, that's it. Like, I literally just go to bed. Before I sleep, I pray. I say to God, okay, you know what time I need to wake up? This is the exact time I need to wake up to. And it can change. Like, that's happened when I've had to take plane so I would have to wake up at 3 a.m and I go to bed at 1 I'm like you're waking me up and I always wake up like Joe will tell you even sometimes I don't need to wake up but his alarm I always ask him before we go to bed like what time did you put your alarm and I know I annoy him but in my head I'm like because I need to wake up before so I need to know what time to ask God to wake me up so I always ask to wake up before and then sometimes it's literally like two minutes, 30 seconds before, and I'm like fully awake. And I've never felt more awake and better waking up than since I've, I've asked that the Holy Spirit amazing. to wake me up. So, um, Holy Spirit so yeah, is your alarm clock. Just, yeah. it, honestly, it's the best thing. It's, and it, it amazes me every morning. I'm like, I can't believe it. And I think out of the <laughs> seven years, there's only twice that I didn't, twice or three times that I didn't wake up at the time I needed to I felt like I needed to but every time I like start like why did you not wake me up but then I'm like you did wake me up and actually I still ended up going to the place I need to go be yeah. there and it was fine and even if I'm late I'm like I know you did it because I needed to wake up mm-hmm. a bit later or for whatever reason and yeah it's it's amazing so thank you guys for uh, for coming joining us good. tonight, yeah. we're recording this us. in the evening. Um, <laughs> this was a great conversation. That kind of started <laughs> the, the initial <laughs> thing was: is the way we reflect God to the world the way God wants us to reflect Him? And I feel like we've answered it, and we've even answered the Holy Spirit way. No. <laughs> we could keep going, obviously, but I just wanted to say thank you, Charlotte. Thank you, Joel, for. Uh, for joining us and thank you Charlene thanks for having me it was lovely yeah it was great Um, can you remind us of your plugins please sure so on Instagram it is father to the fatherless and then underscore Um, and if you see the logo it's like a it's three different pairs of hands so you'll see that and then my website is and it will be sorted you get it updated over summer www.fatherstofatherless.co.uk so yeah great thank you Sean we obviously put it in the description of the podcast so if you are listening to us on Apple or on Spotify you just click on it and then you will see all the links to Charlene so yeah I will say have a great month of August guys a great month of August and see you again in September Bye. Bye. bye see you later